Hi, my name is Elijah, and welcome to my podcast, Sunlighting for Sunlighters. This week, my special guest is Jamie Lawson. Jamie is an Ivor Novello award-winning songwriter, and he was also the first signing to Ed Sheeran's Gingerbread Records. Jamie's about to release a new album and has new singles, which you can hear any day now. We speak about his journey as a songwriter, what it was like to go from playing to 50 people to playing to 10 million people on radio, his influences as a songwriter, his process, how he writes songs, co-writing with Ed Sheeran, and the reality of being a self-releasing songwriter in today's music industry. So thank you for listening. Please subscribe and share this podcast with anybody who you think might love it, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Joining me today on my podcast, Songwriting for Songwriters, is Jamie Lawson. How are you, Jamie? Very well. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, mate. No, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You're someone that I've um, been listening to for a while and um, was keen to get you on. So thank you. Um, I've got a few questions for you. So I, I'm going to sort of, but let's, let's, first of all, let's just start with, I heard a new single this morning that you sent me, A Little Weakness, which is, oh, it's fantastic. It's really, really, really hooky. Uh, I listened to it twice and then it just couldn't get it out of my head for the best part of an hour, which is always a good sign for a single, if it is indeed a single. But you've got a new music coming soon, a new album coming soon. So just tell us a little bit about uh, when that's coming out and what's uh, what's been behind those songs and themes and what the journey's been like for the new album. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, so the new album is called Little Weaknesses. Um, so I guess... The song Little Weaknesses will be seen as the title track, but it isn't really. It's just that I like the title. Nice. So I used it twice. <laughs> so um yeah, I, it's it got made last year and it'll be out this October. The first single is called Napoleon Dynamite, uh, and comes out August 4th. Great. Be, I think there's three singles before the album. Fantastic. And then the album, yeah. Brilliant. And is that is that on Gingerbread Records? Is that on, on a different label? Are you still in that relationship? Uh, uh, no, it's not on Gingerbread. That uh, came to an end. That was a three-album deal that wasn't renewed. So um, that's uh, no longer a thing for me. So this is actually my kind of first self-release. In, in a way, it's my second self-released my first album last night stars which came out 20 years ago now was wow. self-released um so i'm kind of back to doing it by myself on my own well me and my manager tim so. fantastic i mean that's you know i've self-released for since uh 2012 and obviously that's the industry's changed massively since your first album 20 years ago but are you excited about that pr pr prospect because it, it does give in i think sometimes people that aren't signed or maybe aren't in the music business um might not know but there's there's a growing kind of um the last 10 years there's been a growing number of artists self-releasing and, and there's highs and lows to that journey aren't there but are you, are you are you excited about this as a new new thing um y yes and well the thing that's difficult about it really is the amount of other work away from writing songs yeah. and performing songs that there is to do. Yeah. So at the minute, I am 
constantly trying to make social media content. Yeah. Um, and I find that very difficult and yeah. very frustrating because I'm I'm not an editor sure. and I'm not a cinematographer. Sure. You know, and those weren't my interests. Yeah. Um so being my own label, you know, I'm kind of giving myself a certain budget, I suppose, and it's a lot of my own money to be putting out there and having then to do things uh myself, which yeah, I'm uh <laughs> I find it really hard. It's um, not, yeah, it sounds like a new adventure. <laughs> it is difficult because the thing that we're we love doing, isn't it, is writing songs. It's the the business side of it and the promotion side of it is is a big machine which you're kind of haunted by almost told every day that you've got to do so many TikToks and and, and yeah. it actually what you want to do is write songs and and it is it's the machine behind the kind of what people don't see that is it is a tricky thing to to do actually and to also maintain your happiness whilst whilst trying to release your album yeah and you know being kind of essentially just trying to chase the algorithm yeah. that I don't understand and yeah. I don't think anyone understands no no no, no. True. so I, I got told a thing the other day that if if you haven't hooked someone within three seconds they'll move on that, that, as far as I can see that's impossible you, yeah you know, I, I might be I might be exaggerating it might be six seconds or something like that but it's yeah. a stupidly small amount of time yeah to be pulling someone in to songs like mine sure which so, are, I, I would I would hope you know kind of gentle inviting songs mm. but they, they don't want to hit you over the head no your, not... your songwriting is is the the depth and quality of your songwriting is in the um because because they, they are immediately hooky but it's it's they unveil themselves don't they your songs over like two or three listens where you 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 know this is the kind of first listen of the tune and the melody and the enjoying of that and then as you as it it deepens even as the song goes actually the sort of lyric deepens and repays and and gives you more the more you listen to it. So it, that instant, whatever it is, the razzle dazzle of social media, it is. I suppose it's also true. Of, if I can't imagine Neil Young or Joni Mitchell would have would have been able to razzle dazzle in six seconds either. So it is a slightly strange world we find ourselves in as songwriters, isn't it? Yes, because it isn't a songwriting world. No, no. It's completely alien to it. In fact, it's yeah. it's almost the opposite. Yeah, sure. Of the songwriting world. Well, let's talk um, about songwriting. Like the, the 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 themes on this new album. Then, um, tell me about what was what's been going on in your life and what the themes of these songs are. You know, tell me about the songs. Um, so, the themes I'm not overly sure of. What was going on was that we were in the staying in period. Yeah, and we just had my wife and I uh, just had a baby. Wow. Uh, just the very beginning of that staying in period. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, okay. So it was quite a big upheaval, I think. Sure. sure. Um, and I would argue it was quite a stressful, amazing, hardworking, chaotic, um, you know, sleep deprived time. <laughs> sure. As it always uh, is. You know, yeah, for anyone who, who has had kids, you either get lucky where your child sleeps through, or you don't. You did, <laughs> and that's a whole you, other ball game. And did we you get didn't. Lucky? Were no. you 
No, we didn't either. Um, so I, I hear you on that front. It's uh... Yeah, well, I, I think there are two sets of parents, and that's those whose child did and those whose child didn't. And yeah, sure. world apart, as far as I can tell. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as well as not being able to leave the house because of uh, lockdowns and things, we also were sleep deprived and uh, struggling. So I was trying to, I got into this kind of rhythm, I suppose. A, it was kind of, obviously it's this whole amazing thing is going on where you have a newborn child. And then um, at the same time, all the time I had beforehand, before he came along is gone. Yeah. So this, you know, creativity that I still have in me that wants out yeah. no longer has the outlet to get out yeah i hate so you. it's bubbling in me and it's you know boiling over and it's becoming frustration mm. and all these things and so I, I i i got to this point where i was almost challenging myself right you've got two hours for whatever reason right the boy is out of the house on a little walk or he's asleep or something you know um you have to write a song in this two hours brilliant and so whether that song was any good or not was irrelevant. Great. It was just write a song, start to finish. Fantastic. Um, so I was quite disciplined in trying to get those things done. If only that I knew that if if I didn't do that and thought, oh, it's okay, don't worry, you can write again in six months, eight months, nine months, a year, none of those cogs would have worked. Sure. And it would have taken me another six months to get those cogs working um in order to start writing good songs because as i understand it or how it works for me is if i don't keep that songwriting um that songwriting kind of method what do i mean uh you know if those cogs aren't continually turning they do rust okay so um in in writing songs very quickly it just meant they worked yeah and then you know once when I finally found a bit more time, things might come through. I hear you. Kind, of how, kind of how it happened. Well, I remember when when our daughter was born, <clears throat> I had a baby quite young. So, um, well, I didn't have the baby. Obviously, my wife did brilliantly and uh, powerfully. But I was um twenty two, so suddenly wow. quite a young age, and suddenly like the brief period from teenage eighteen to twenty one was quite quick but I suddenly remember thinking like okay the way you've been writing has to change because you have to kind of you're not going to have that time and even though my wife is incredibly supportive and always has been and is now we're in a band together it was so there was a lot of room to to create I remember just having to make the decision that I'm going to have to do a lot of this in my head and actually do a lot of it up there whilst walking or whilst doing something and just change the writing style a bit so it's really interesting to hear you talk about the discipline of using your time to make sure you get it done. Because sometimes I'm not saying it's adverse, those conditions, because obviously you've got a beautiful baby and there's lots of great things, but still creating in different conditions or adverse conditions is is a great thing to have done. And did you find there was some difference that came out in your songwriting because of that? A, because you were tired and had things going on, but because of the discipline, did you find you wrote differently? Yeah, because it was very instinctive, because I was just kind of going with whatever came out. Yeah. Um, songs had become kind of more character-led than okay uh, about me. Sure. Necessarily. 
So, um, but I, I, what I'd started with when I, so writing for the album, it, it kind of started in these two, what I noticed was the, the songs were coming out in two very different, distinct styles. One was kind of a folk, gentle style that I'm, I really like. And the other was more upbeat band type style for some reason. And they didn't necessarily fit together. Right. So I started kind of making this record and it didn't fit. Nothing was quite working. Right. Um, just because these two styles were coming out for sure. reasons that I didn't understand. Yeah. That's what was happening. And the whole point was just let it go. Yeah. Um, and at one point I was thinking, well, I've got two records here. Mm. Um, but as time went on and then as I had more time and then as I started to organize my time, um, I kind of went more towards the folky side of things because I kind of felt that's where I was fitting best. Those were the songs I was liking best. Yeah. Um, so it felt better. Uh, it made more sense to follow that road. Really. Sure. Fantastic. Um, I look forward to hearing it in full. That sounds really interesting. Um, and particularly what I love about artists when, you know, you've, you've had, was is this your sixth album? Yeah, this will be. So, I mean, one of the things I love is hearing the differences and the production choices and differences in songwriting and voice and story as you go. And I've been listening, you know, the last few weeks and this morning. And, and there is development in your album to album. It's definitely you, but there's these subtle changes in, t in time, terms of like production and um, tone, I suppose. So, the way you've approached this new record, it being a more stripped down kind of sound, have you recorded that? at home alone have you done it in the studio what what's the sort of sound of it i know it's folky but how have you done that this this time around well during the lockdown um i made two eps during the lockdown as well and the way i did that was to record demos of the songs to the best of my ability here in this house in this room i would then send those files to my friend tim tim ross who's a brilliant producer who I've co-written with a lot over the years, he would then basically kind of replace drum parts that I'd made or replay the piano for me, because I'm not a great piano player, but he is. Uh, maybe find cooler synth sounds, but all going off the idea of what I've done. Okay. So basically mine is an idea. This is how I hear it. Could you expand on it? Great, like a blueprint. And that's basically how, how, yeah, exactly. So like a blueprint. So that's how we made those two EPs. And it kind of felt quite natural to carry on working that way. Yeah. The only difference was that this time I went down, I started off the project at his studio in London, where we recorded the kind of the base of each song, if you know what I mean, the basis, the uh, guides of it all at his place. Um. And then, and again, ideally, the idea was to go down maybe three days a week, stay over for two nights and come back. And because my boy uh, still wasn't sleeping through, uh, you know, after that first week, I came back and my wife was exhausted. Of course, yeah. From, you know, being up all night and then being up all day with him. And it's like there was no, obviously, no one to share him with. Yeah. So uh, that didn't work. So it, 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 it came back to me going down maybe for one night doing two days work, coming back, and then we would just swap files and send things back and forth. Great. Um, and it was all it was all very remote. What's kind of interesting is how 
unremote the record sounds. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sound buried together. Okay, that's beautiful. A, a real kind of testament to his skill. And your relationship as, as as friends and writers, right? It's something which is like, you know, you get each other and understand each other's uh, language and how to work together. That's It sounds like a blossoming of that relationship developing as well. I, I'd say so, yeah. I, I can't remember any point during the record where we disagreed about uh, an idea. Okay, cool. You know, when you put a part down, we were both like, yes, that's amazing. Or, oh, no, it's not that, is it? And it was just immediate. There was and no, there was never any kind of uh discussion in that way it's just kind of automatic which was really nice too because it made it easy it felt very easy for that reason that's great jamie your your i mean your career from a kind of out outsider's point of view and from what i've read briefly uh, you know what age did you start writing songs about 15 15 so it, it sounds like from what i've read like you you know you're in bands and and putting up your first record and doing what you were doing and you know releasing stuff and having having like a groundswell support and everything and then it seemed like all of a sudden this not all of a sudden obviously because you've been working really hard on it but then you you hit the big time right you really do land a big you win an Ivan Novello for I wasn't expecting that you're the first signing to Ed's new album it's like an incredible kind of um moment which I guess a lot of songwriters um on any level would dream of and wish for so what was that like? Because it seems like you had like not a long career, but like a period of time where you were doing it yourself and, you know, and getting by and making things happen. And then it's like a massive elevation, which is deserved and and uh, brilliant. So what was that experience like to to kind of hit that kind of wave um, at a slightly later stage of, of your career? Was How was that for you? Um, it was it, it was brilliant. It felt great. It felt like. I, I was really proud of myself that I hadn't given in. Yeah. That I hadn't gone and got a different job. I yeah. always thought I had the talent to yeah. do it. Yeah. I just, you know, I kind of always told myself it it just takes people listening to the songs. I just have to get the songs to them. Yeah. And that seemed to be the tricky bit for yeah. many years, you know. So um when Ed came along and yeah, as you say, he set up a record label. I was the first signing. He kind of introduced me around the world, launched it in Australia. We did um, US radio shows, um, you know, big ones. <laughs> uh, so um, I remember doing I, I just um, we were in a hallway of some radio station somewhere and it was Ryan Seacrest, I want to say. He has a radio show. Yeah. And he just said, oh, come on quick then. And we we go into the studio. We we play. Uh, he talks to Ed a bit and, you know, I'm going to sing. And just as before I'm going to sing, Ed says, it's there's 10 million people listening. <laughs> I'm like, why are you telling me that? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Ed's the sort of person that would love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, so suddenly I go from, you know, really playing to 50 people, if I'm lucky, in a pub in London to being heard by 10 million people on a radio in the US and an mm. opening thread uh, in arenas and stuff. And um, <clears throat> it's definitely, it was incredibly fast. It was really hard to take in. You, It was really difficult to enjoy the moment because you are always gone from that moment so quickly. Sure. Being something other and on a plane or something, it was kind of weird. Mm. Um. 
and I, I think it was good. I, I, I've never really been big into partying or drinking, okay. but I'm sure if you were, that would be very hard. Yeah, sure. To be doing that life, to be yeah. going all over the place and doing that. So I'm yeah. kind of glad I didn't do that. Um, so I was very great for it, grateful for it coming along as it did when it did. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird looking back. It's it is almost like it didn't happen. Did it change your songwriting style? Because because I one would imagine. I mean, I've, I was signed to a label and management and at the starting point of my career and there was a point like it was a brief period but it but it did slightly for in a really positive way it impacted my songwriting and then but it also made me question myself a bit sometimes about track because we were always trying to find the elusive single or the best song to put out next which became this kind of slightly strange thing so from my own experience sometimes sometimes have having a spotlight on you can change you or make you question yourself did did any of that happen to you or was it a very fluid kind of easy thing because I know that from what you've said before but Ed being your label boss and, and being the writer that he is tended to kind of trust you let, let you he trusted your instincts musically but was there any kind of pressure to sort of conform to other people's idea of songwriting or, or questioning yourself um I think I did start chasing radio songs sure um which you know there are certain songs on records that i don't listen to <laughs> that i wouldn't you know that i would take off in a heartbeat <laughs> so yes i i don't think that ever came from ed right i think i felt a pressure to be on the radio sure um especially because wasn't expecting that did so well and we got a, a couple others following that um and it was, you know, it's really nice to hear your song on a radio. That's a thrill. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it, it kind of is the holy grail in a way. But radio has changed. I mean, since even since 2015, I suppose, radio changed massively in the, the sort of songs that are on it. Yeah. Uh, and right now, like Radio 2, if you listen to Radio 2, um, it's a bit, well, it's almost Radio 1. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't, I don't quite get um, where. Well, I certainly don't know where I fit anymore. It's um, interesting because they seem to remove, for whatever reason, some some great DJs from certain slots. Janice Long being one of those people who was very, very loving and loyal to us. Bob Harris on the Saturday Night Show, but certain people that were able to curate their own show. They sort of took away Alex Lester was another one. Well, they took away kind of um, the sort of freedom for them to pick their own songs and and then remove them from the radio to kind of, and so it it sort of it's morphed, doesn't it, to a different kind of station? I think so. I, I mean, I guess that's quite um, normal. Yeah, you know, things move change. and change and shift, and that's okay. Uh, the the only issue is for me personally is like. Well, where does my music go? And if it doesn't have a home there, how do people find it? Mm. Um, how do I find new listeners and you know sure. um, to sustain a career? By, and at the minute, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, hopefully, by doing this podcast, Jamie, that'd be that'd be. Yeah. Part, this is a new, a new way of reaching. Yeah, people. you're right. Yeah, I mean, 
you really highlight something which is you know um very true of of you know songwriters and artists that are independent or on on not on major labels is the the battle is we love writing songs but it's, it's how to get it out there which is which is you know something which is remarkable and can be very like with for instance in our band right now in russia and mexico there's loads of people listening i have no idea why we've never been there so there is like a th there is like a, the internet has made things very exciting but it is quite difficult to to get it out there but let me just jump back for a second to to you and ed's relationship were you was ed because I know he kind of played all over the place and gigged all over the place. Did you meet him on the road or did he kind of hear you and sort of get in touch? Did you know each other before working together or how did uh, that We met once at uh, the Bedford in London. Do you know that place, the Bedford yes, in Bathroom? Yeah. So I used to play there a lot, uh, as did he. Um, they, uh, The guy, Tony Moore, used to book the bands there, Tony Moore and Lucy Dixon. And uh, we both got booked to play a Christmas show at the end of the year type thing. Uh, and that was the only time we met. He played the A-team that night. Wow. So this was just before he got signed. He played yeah. the A-team. I played Wasn't Expecting That. He complimented me on Wasn't Expecting That. And I thought the A-team was brilliant. So um, that was that, really. And then we lost touch straight away. He got signed, took okay. off into the stratosphere. Sure. Um, you know, went number one with his record, started touring, and then on his second record, he was touring that and doing a secret show in Dublin. Um, a songwriter night called the Ruby Sessions, which I've played before, and he asked them to get in touch with me as if I could open up for him Fabulous. on that secret show. Great. And that's how we connected, and it all kind of started from there. Fantastic! Fantastic. And so you, you wrote with Ed as well, didn't you? And you've written with other yeah. people as well. So when you when you're writing as a as a co-writer or a collaborator, how is that as an experience for you? I really like co-writing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like co-writing. It's um, it it seems to it it kind of depends who you're doing it with. Yeah, that's a, a uh, factor. For instance, writing with Tim Ross, I really tend to write different lyrics over his music okay. than I would over my own. Uh, and I don't know why that is. I don't know why I respond differently to his his chord changes. That might be exactly the same as chord changes I've played before. Sure. Um, just something other comes out. Yeah. Um, writing with someone like Ed, Ed is incredibly quick. Yeah. It's all instinct and it just floods out and it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, you have to kind of fight for your little bit to get in there you know sure and hope that he hears that <laughs> which, which you know uh thankfully for me he did um so yeah i've written with ed a few times um it's an interesting process i i did notice one of the things i did for this new record what i noticed was in uh co-writing with different people um with time apart between those sessions I started writing a very similar song, which was generally a song about maybe, you know, um, holding on, you'll get through type okay. songs, right, which right. I have a lot yeah. of, which I still write a lot of. They obviously keep wanting to come out of me sure. for a reason. And I, I still have songs like that on this new record. But I'd realized I was writing a lot of them and I wanted to get past that somehow. So me and Tim went away. We got an Airbnb in uh, the Cotswolds, 
we took some equipment and I, I came up with this thing of um i need to get past this initial idea so we're going to write a song in three hours and move on and we were there for three and a half days and we wrote nine songs right and by the by the third day or late in the second late in the second day so like the fifth sixth song this whole other set of lyric would come through right that i had no idea about that you know i i i don't know what it meant it was just very different to the hold on type songs okay yeah i really liked it it was descriptive it was unusual it was storytelling um yeah. and it wasn't me uh, you know, so it, I I really really enjoyed those songs and thought that was a really interesting way of writing. Again, didn't matter what song came out, just trust it and go with it. Follow it, follow the song, follow the song, yeah, and um, move on immediately, yeah, and write something else. It was really interesting. It's a really good process. Um, so a few songs for this new record got written that way, um, and a, a few others got written on songwriting camps actually. Great. So meeting people for the first time, yeah. And, um, you know, you're just diving in at the deep end and hoping that the other person, people get where you're going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy to swim with you, you know, so. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So your early influences, songwriters, who are, the, who are the people that made you want to pick up a guitar and, and write specifically, not make music, but specifically who wanted, who made you want to write songs? Um, I, I don't know, really. I the picking up the guitar thing is like i never had a guitar hero um when i was a kid i was into the jackson five and the smiths and the house great. martin great and things like that you know so all those songs brilliant lyrics and amazing melodies yeah so that's obviously kicking in there and yeah it probably wasn't until i was you know maybe 17 18 19 even um where I'd started listening to R.E.M. in Crowded House and similar bands. I guess Nirvana would be around by then in Pearl Jam that I was big fans of. Yeah. Um, um, who else would be coming along? 10,000 Maniacs, Natalie Merchant, Mark Eidsel. Um, And then kind of really digging into songwriting in terms of what lyrics can do, of realizing that lyrics can be just sung yeah. Um, without thinking about them, or you can really delve in and try and work out what they mean. Yeah, sure. And not fail, but it'll mean something to you. Whether that was the writer's intention, it's probably irrelevant. It, it's only important what it means to you, really. Well, it's it kind of is, but like I mean, you're. I wasn't expecting that, for example. It's just, I mean, that is, um, it's beautiful as you know, as many people know, and it's obviously resonate. I mean, you know, obviously having a platform is one thing, but a song, even if you have a platform, a song won't resonate unless it's a good song. It doesn't matter how who's behind you and who's backing you. You can have all the attention in the world. If, if the song doesn't resonate, it's not going to deliver. And that song really, really is one of those songs where people really connected with and, and I listened to it again this morning and, and it's a beautiful lyric. So, and you won an Ivan Novello for that one, Pipping Ed, with, on the to, to get an Ivan Novello. So just tell us what was the what was the spark of that song? Tell us about that song being born into the world. The spark of it was a conversation. Um, uh, I was in Dublin with a few friends. I used to work in Dublin, so I'd kind of caught up with some people I used to work with. Within this conversation, somebody said I wasn't expecting that, and obviously. 
um, I must have heard that phrase before. Yeah. That's not an unusual phrase for someone to say, but for whatever reason, it went straight into my head as, oh, that would be cool. That's a nice yeah. title. Oh, yeah. it could be one of those tagline songs where you sing it at the end. Oh, actually, you could probably sing it at the end of every line. Yeah. That would be interesting. And already, whilst I'm in this conversation and this conversation is still going on, I'm planning a song. Yeah. Whilst taking part in a conversation. Yes. Um, and kind of understanding what the song should do. So uh, the next day I started writing, um, working out where it would go. I had this line of, um, it was only a kiss anyone could have missed. And I wasn't expecting that. And kind of realizing that wasn't the first thing that happens. There's a step before that, working out the step before that, and then realizing, oh, this could go to another step. Where does it go next? And then realizing, oh, what if you just tried to make the whole life story? Mm. That would be quite cool. Can you get a couple's life story in three minutes. Fantastic. That's a nice challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to some extent, I did that. Um, I, I wrote it almost all in that afternoon, apart from the last two lines. They, I couldn't work out how to finish the song. Okay. So that took another, that stayed with me for another week or so. And then I was on a train from London to Cornwall where I was living. And that's when it came on, on the train. Fantastic. And I was a bit like, you can't do that. That's not fair. <laughs> it's really lovely, uh, you know, sentimental, beautiful life story of a couple. Um, and then, you know, did some damage. <laughs> you know, it's true that it's life, though, isn't it? And absolutely, you know, that's, absolutely. That's why that song resonates. That you know, I can't remember quite the line, but it was. Um, there's it, there's it, a line at the end. That's- the nurses came yes that's, yeah exactly and and it's like what i liked about it's like life does have that stuff going on you know it's not all it's not all sugar-coated and and the fact you did that and kind of um you know i think it's relatable and so winning an ivan novella i mean the ivan novella to a songwriter is um, or to me as a songwriter is the kind of um that's the one to get if you're going to get any award that's the one to get how did you feel being so seen and uh c- commended for that song Oh, I was really proud. Yeah. Probably the the proudest I've been musically. Yeah. Um, like you say, it's the, it's the one we're all after, really. So the idea that my song would win that, again, uh, I, I felt very validated by it. Again, keeping going as long as I did. Mm. Uh, having that belief in myself. So, yeah, it was a brilliant moment. It was a really happy day. Um, I've got really very fond memories of it, and um, yeah, really, really proud. There's, there's a you, you are one of those people. I mean, you often hear this from people who um, tell people to keep on going. And I saw a quote last night actually that said, "A river cuts through rock not because of its power, but because of its persistence." And you are one of those people that kept on going and kept on believing in your work. And there's going to be many people listening to this who are who think they've got something of of value to give the world they rate themselves as writers and you know they will tell themselves to keep on going and sometimes that can be delusional and sometimes like in the case of yourself faith works so what would you say to anybody who's uh you know is is um it has that dream and wants to do something what kind of from the position you you've 
you've um, had in life where you're one of those people you kept on going and, and you got it what advice would you give to somebody who's who's still going and still believing in themselves well i kind of look at it this way i wonder if i had any other option if i'd taken that option yeah i don't know because i never gave myself another option yeah i literally avoided all other options yeah in so that i could stubbornly stick to this yeah um friends i have who i think are brilliant that had other options are doing those other options yeah it's not to say for a second that they are less happy yeah you know that their life isn't full of love and brilliance yeah it just means they didn't carry on doing what they started out doing yeah um this industry to me gets harder and harder and harder yeah and you get less and less back okay especially financially sure you know at the minute we're all struggling we're all kind of working out the whole spotify thing that seems to be where the you know the mainstream of income is coming from Mm. and they don't pay much yeah Um, you know that needs dealing with yeah and um hopefully it will there's a brilliant campaign going called broken record that tom gray runs or is a big part of and it's well worth checking out if you're interested um so you know i'm quite cruel about it if you can do something else go do it yeah because this is hard yeah if you have a compulsion to do this then it's a no-brainer yeah and but and that goes for anything yes it does yeah whatever your compulsion is do that yeah i mean one of the things was when i was young my mum and dad didn't seem overly happy in life and they had no money and i thought and they worried about money all the time okay so i thought right i'm just not going to have any money and i'll be fine and i won't worry about it then because i haven't got any sure it'll be okay you know <laughs> and that was my kind of basis for starting it's like it's all right if you don't have any money it's fine okay it doesn't matter yeah as long as you're doing what you want to do you you'll be okay and, and to some extent that's paid off well do you think because that's it's, it's do you think that um doing what you'd love because we do love it you love it i love it you're still doing it and and the the machine is hard and you say it's hard and hard and it's true does that love of doing it um is is it enough is it enough to does it does it fulfill you do, do you are you able to kind of and obviously you've got rent to pay but does that love of still doing it kind of be all the reasons why it can be hard it's a good question and it's uh it's pretty much a constant debate in my head. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this record does. Obviously, putting my own money into it makes a sure. big difference. Yeah, it does. Rather than someone else's. It does, yeah. yeah. It's Huge quite difference. easy to carry on when it's someone else's money. Yeah, it is, yeah. So yeah. Uh, as soon as it's your own, and you know, if that money doesn't come back my way, am I going to go, oh, yeah, I'll just carry on plowing money into it? Mm. Or am I going to go, well, I can't justify that. Mm. That's a big question. Mm. So that question is coming. Um, I'm going to have to write songs regardless. Because if I don't, and I noticed this through the um, through the lockdowns, if I don't, I go a bit mad. Yeah. I get a bit 
um, you know, wound up. And mm. I obviously, I, I had no idea how much I relied on songwriting as a cathartic yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't necessarily, um, you, you don't have to necessarily write about what it is you're going through. You just have to sing something out. Yeah. Just a purging. Yeah. Um, so the song could be the complete opposite of what you're going through, but it's still going to help with what you're going through. Yeah. Um, and it's similar to writing sad songs. You know, I've written a lot of sad songs, but I always think of them as a very optimistic practice. Sure. It's about creating something out of nothing um, and suddenly having a finished song that, you know, hopefully others can relate to. Yeah. But has you know taken something off you, off you know taken some of the weight off your shoulder, and yeah. just made you uh, get through the day a bit. Do you believe that there's a uh, creative force outside of yourself? Do you think all these songs come through you, or do you think that you're gifted them, or that you're channeling them, or there is some kind of they exist somewhere else, and you're just kind of catching them with a fishnet? I ask every songwriter this because I find it quite a fascinating answer. What's your um, relationship with that? idea um i don't know i i don't i don't think i personally don't think they're kind of um floating around i i don't know the answer to this really because ideas come quite fully formed sometimes and maybe you do have to wonder where that came from yeah but where it came from was inside you yeah that's where it came from yeah uh, and it came from all the other hours of songwriting that you did before and yeah. all the other hours of listening that you did before and yeah. all the other hours of reading about these things you did before and watching films, you know, it's all in there. It's just in yeah. there. It's in there. And something brings it out, but it's in you. Yes. Yeah. Not outside of you. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's I can't be floating around. It's just got to be in you to come it's out. Fantastic. Um, so the album's coming out. Sorry, did you say the uh, the first single comes out on the August? Did you say? Yeah, August fourth. Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite comes. Brilliant. Out and where can people get pre-order this album or, for, or buy themselves a copy of it? Well, um, you can pre-save the single now. The pre-order for the album will be August fourth. Right. And it will be out everywhere. Hopefully, you know, it'll be in HMV and all the. Hopefully, independence will take it too. Great. And FOP and things like that. So, hopefully, people can find it. It shouldn't be difficult to find if they can't find it because they're, you know, in some other country. Then I have a website, jamielawsonmusic.com, where all the links should be to get hold of anything they wish. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll aim to get this podcast out either next Sunday or the Sunday after so it, so it aligns with your um, single. And I'm just going to ask you one more question if I can. A question which I ask everybody, and uh, I know it will change from minute to minute, day to day, but I would love to know, outside of your own brilliant songs, if you could have written any song and had laboured over it or whatever the process would have been, what song would by somebody else would you have loved to have written? Um, this is a good question. It's not something I thought about. I was recently listening to You Can't Hurry Love, now, I don't know who wrote You Can't Hurry Love. I'm going to guess at Lamont Dozier. Yeah, I think so. Um, or The Corporation, you know. Yeah. It's a fascinating song. It's got, um, it goes from an A part, first verse, to a B part chorus, straight to a middle eight, C part, 
back to a chorus B part, back to a different middle eight C part, back to the chorus, back to a verse, back to a chorus. It's so unusual. Yeah. And I don't know any other song that follows that mm. formation. And it's brilliant. It is a it's so catchy and it stays with you and um it just keeps rolling. Um and I love that. I think that's really cool. And I only kind of noticed it recently that it did that. Um so that's been on my mind. Other songs. Um oh, it's such a tough question. Such a tough question. That's a I great answer because it's like, you know, it will change tomorrow or later this afternoon, but that's a great answer because you've highlighted a different kind of structure. And like you said, it does just keep motoring that song, doesn't it? It keeps song delivering yeah. and delivering. So yeah, that's, that is a classic answer and a classic song. Yeah. And also if I, you know, if I had written other songs that I love, I wouldn't have the same relationship to them. So yes. maybe it's a good I, I Yes, that you're quite right. You're quite right. Jamie, thank you so much for your time and honesty and brilliant and, and answers and wish you all the success with your new album and I'll make sure that we link to everything um, and keep on trucking, my friend. Bless you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jamie.